0: Welcome to the Johnny Cassell Show. This is your number one resource for dating and lifestyle advice. Hi guys, welcome. Sorry I'm a bit late to coming on the the live broadcast this evening. I actually fell asleep. (laughs) <laughs> I've got no excuses, it's really bad, isn't it? Um, yeah, I actually actually fell asleep. so a um, bit late to the party, um, but still maintaining my commitment to you guys. Hi Dapper, Hi Gregorio, Hi Rodrigo. Hi Antiquaire, Chauffeur Daniel. Where are, we, where are we from? For people just joining, where where are we, um, where are we signing in from? Just give, it, give us your little flag to let me know where we, what, what corner of the world you're flying from, uh, tuning in from at the moment. It's always interesting to know. Sardinia? Oh, okay, great. New Mexico, Albuquerque. Great. Cool. Awesome. Brazil, wicked. Good stuff. All right. well, um, cool, Montana, Awesome. Awesome. Great. Um, right. Well, today has been a big day. Um, I actually uh, let the cat out of the bag in terms of what I've been teasing uh, my live viewers uh, of for for a few weeks now, and that is that I am actually going to be releasing my brand new book this um, this Friday. Okay, you're going to be able to get it anywhere. Um, well, anywhere currently on Amazon. Okay. Uh, the paperback version will be available this Friday I have actually got a copy of it here So that's what it looks like Okay, this is my new book, right? This was supposed to be out two years ago And finally, finally it's here Okay um, I'm, I'm super, super happy about it I'm super proud that we finally got there in the end Um, So if you've been following my work or you haven't been able to check out my courses or meet me in person Good places to start. Good place to start is to get the book Okay, so right. This is how it works. I am going to be answering your questions uh, This for the next hour. Okay, I did put out a message earlier on Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for um, Your props there the dapper medic Um, I am going to be asking your questions for the next hour I've also got something I want to share with you as well. Hi, Vicky. Thanks for jumping on again. And um, actually, I'm going to go straight into that. I'm going to go straight into that. And while whilst whilst you kind of think about what sort of questions you want to ask me in regards to dating, social, and and lifestyle development. Okay. Well, what I'm going to share with you is something new that's happened in my life um, this, <laughs> this week. I'm not embarrassed about it. It's just something, look, as a man ages, he has to, he has to address these sort of things. And what I realized and what my dear friend uh, pointed out to me, hi, Mimo, is that I'm actually losing a bit of hair on top, okay? So I, um, I bit the bullet and I went, out, I went out to check out what these hair professionals, um, so-called professionals, could help me with, okay? So I'm actually, I'm gonna share with you what I've learned, right, so what, what, I've, what, what they did when I went there, you have this consultation, right, and they give you this, um, how do I explain it? It's like a microscope, right? They put a microscope on your head, and then they have a screen there there in, in, the, um, in the consultation room. And when you're watching this screen, you can obviously see all your hair follicles on your head, right? Hi, Yes Man. Hi, Cianello. Hi, Alex. Just talking about my, my visit to the... The Bald Brothers Clinic, right? Because the brother's going bald, all right? <laughs> Not totally, but the hair's starting to fall out, so I have to address it. So I've got this telescope in my head, right? And I'm looking at the screen, and it's showing, it's showing like, um, so basically what I learned is if, 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 a, if a part of your head is shiny, Right, shiny. That that's where actually There's no more hair follicles growing in that area, right? Now, to my knowledge, and under the medication that they've given me, you are unable to grow anything out of that bald patch again. There's no follicle there, right? If there's any hair professionals online, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong at any um, any point in time as I'm I'm sharing this with you. But if it's shiny like this bit here. Right, that's probably there's never going to be hair that's growing back from there unless you get a tra- transplant, right? Unless you get a hair transplant. So what they were looking for, they were showing me under the microscope, like my parting, for example. The parting gets wider, right? If the parting in your head, if you look in your head, the parting is wider, it it, it means that um, your hair is getting thinner, right? F- from from the crown, from the crown, okay. So what they give you, they give you this stuff called uh, minoxidil, right? And this one's like a cream, right? So they give you a spoon, and it's like that, and you just kind of like rub it into um, the places where your hair's thinning, right? So that's one thing. And another thing, they give you this, right, this little syringe, and they give you what I can only describe as like a liquid lotion of the stuff also, and you put it in and, you know, over the over the series of a few weeks, you obviously increase the amount of millimetres that you actually um, partake. And then you just kind of put it around where your hair is thinning. And over the course of several months, um, you're supposed to see improvements, right? What they've also gave me is this thing here, which is like a... Uh, it's a laser comb. You guys see that? Yeah. Whoa. Right? And I'm supposed to just basically do this every like night. Just comb like that until it beeps. And then move it. And then like that. And, and so forth. So that's the sort of thing that I've signed up for. Right? <laughs> to, to tackle... My, my hair loss, right? Now, my father lost his hair when he was, like, very young, so his mid-20s. So I'm 30 now, so I'm, I've got five years on him from where he was at in his life. So I'm doing okay, but just want to sort of hold on to the years um, a little bit more. So I'm going to keep you updated over the months to see how the progress is going. Um, if, if the progress is, is lacking, then I'll probably go for the hair transplant. You know. <laughs> anyway, so that's the update on the on the hair thing. That's just something new that's happening in my life right now. Hi, Andres. Hi, Vince. Uh, who else we got? Who else has jumped on? Right. Okay. Let me get, let me just get into some questions then, guys. Hi, Vince. Yeah. Okay. Yes, man. Do you believe in love at first sight? I believe in lust at first sight, not love yeah i believe in lust at first sight what do i mean by that i believe one can be in the i believe one can get caught up in the idea of someone when they see someone instantly one can be attracted to someone's physicality right i don't believe love is something that comes into play uh, at such an early stage okay i believe it's lust it's an infatuation it falls under that category yeah love is something that for me I mean everyone has their own personal interpretations of what love actually is for me and what I share my thoughts on about love is that love is something that you uh, find between individuals when they've allowed themselves to have a deep emotional connection that for me is love right so um but again, there'll be many sort of interpretations in, in terms of what love is. If that resonates with you, if my answer, my, my theory resonates with you, take it. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of my take on you know love at first sight. What is love without pain? Uh, I think if you love, uh, meaning if you are emotionally connected to someone, you're always going to feel some pain because it's still attached to that same emotional point, right? You're, you're deeply emotionally connected with each other, love, and if someone is, um, y- you know, you're having a bad moment with that person that you associate that uh, love with, then you are going to experience pain. I think it doesn't, I think you don't have one or the other, Yeah. Have you ever fallen in love before? Yeah, of course. Hi, Black Party Book. Uh, Hi, Tay Walk. Yeah, have I ever fallen in love before? Yeah, of course. And look, I feel and I feel like I'm talking a lot about this recently. Is people that are unable to make themselves available emotionally. I think it's um, highly important, right? In order for you to experience a deeper connection uh, on a, a deeper emotional connection with somebody, you've got to initially be vulnerable, right? You've got to allow yourself to go there, okay? You might get onto that topic or get onto that point in conversation by maybe sharing something that impacted you on a deep emotional level, right? Which would then encourage some other person, the other person to reciprocate that, and then you'll find yourself moving away from surface conversation to more deeper level conversation, okay? What else we got here? I love the flow of these questions. You guys are just not holding back, are you? What's your opinion about speed dating events? Does it work? I have never tried it before. Speed dating events are fun. Um, I've got a really funny thing that you should try out, okay? I think a really great uh, thing that you should try out I remember in my single days I was I was with a as with a client and we went to a speed dating event and what happened I mean it's quite exhausting right and it is a great way of practicing your conversation skills because you are basically falling into the pattern of potentially saying the same thing as someone said to that person before before you and the same person You know, the person before them said the same thing And the same thing, same. you know, what do you do, where are you from How do you, just boring, unstimulating Questions So I thought, how far could I take this Right So it was, I remember this particular time Where, you know, I think it was like The last um, It was the last Chair on the speed dating thing And I was like oh, You know what, look I can't be bothered, right I mean, I'm exhausted, right? Aren't you exhausted? He goes, yeah, I'm exhausted. I go, listen, you and I are both adults here, right? Let's get up and let's get a drink, right? And we literally just got up from the event and left the event to go to a bar and had a drink. Like when you're caught up in this speed dating bubble, remember, you are both adults. And at any point in time, you're not bound to that event. The whole point of going is to meet someone. And what a story to to go and tell your friends that you went to a speed dating event, and you know what we just really kicked it off. We didn't even complete the speed dating. We just got up and left and ha- had a drink to ourselves. It's crazy. So that was something that happened, and I think that you can really um, try that out. But if you haven't got the balls to do that, just remember that you have got to stand out by breaking a pattern in what these people are experiencing. So I so. At the least, I just think it's a great practice, right, to always just have that in your mind, yeah? Okay. And, yeah, I just go and try it, basically. Thanks for the question. Okay, LaRoyge, can I join the live stream so I can explain my situation or should I type it all? Um, Just bullet point it. I mean, this this live stream right now is for people who have like quick questions if they are... Um, longer, you may want to think about just booking in some time with me. Uh, I will have to charge a fee for that, obviously, because just that's outside of what we're doing here. Um, but if you can fit it in, you think, or ask maybe a few questions on this stream, I'll I'll try and get them answered for you. All right. Hi Caesar. Hi Gustavito. Away or Norway? If God loves His people, why let bad things happen? Hey, listen. I think that you know everyone is bound. Everyone is uh, entitled to believe what they want to believe. But I think when you take it, take your the the things that happen in your life. Um, you give it the you give the power of the things that happen in your life and put it into someone else's hands. You're moving away from taking responsibility of the things that happen to you in your life, right? So. Um, if there's anything bad that happens to you, right, personally Always take responsibility from it And ask yourself, what can you learn? And always think about, what am I grateful for in, from this experience? doesn't matter how traumatic or bad it is, right? Just look at the situation and think You know, what can I read from this? What am I grateful for? You know, how will this, how will this shape me to become the person that I want to be? Right, or in a direction I want to move, yeah, so, um, yeah, just want to throw that out there, <laughs> hi, Jacob, Maddox Club, anyone to go to Maddox Club, obviously hit up Jacob, because he's obviously repping that, um, big up, Jacob, Daniel, little black book party, welcome back, what are your thoughts on polymory in our very monogamous society, I think I think more and more people are becoming more open-minded to the different relationship models that exist out there, um, and people in society are more accepting than ever. Really, I mean, polyamory isn't something new. I feel that the way society has gone, if we look at if we look at it over the last few decades, like people have been more accepting of, you know, gay couples. Right? They've been. You know, gay marriage like exists now, right? That wasn't something that existed before, so it's become more accepting in societies. Um, you know, we've got this whole new wave feminism sort of movement coming in. You know, people are discussing that. I think the whole polymory thing is just coming. You know, it's 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 coming over the hill. You know, people are discussing that. People are more spiritual and. Um, you know, just open-minded. So I think um, polymory is uh, potentially not for everyone. I believe people have got to be very psychologically mature to uh, confined in that sort of model. And um, the people that I I will say, the people that I have met that have adopted that relationship model have seemed to be the most... Content and fulfilled people I've potentially met in my life, and you know I, I just that's just what I've got to say about that. Um, it's not for everyone. Again, it's all about your maturity and your level of your level of uh, psychology and you know what you deal, how you deal with uh, jealousy as well. I mean, you know, everyone is on their journey to better their self and better their psychology. And um, I found, to be honest, a lot of very, very intelligent people in those kind of model relationships. It's not for everyone. But um, for those who are curious, why not explore it, as long as you're not hurting anyone in the process. And I think transparency is very key um, it's very very complex when you look into that kind of world, the different hierarchies that exist, and um, when you're doing something like that. But I think transparency there is is obviously the key, like in any relationship, really. Okay, uh, Anshu, welcome. Yeah, hey Dan, um, Gustavito, so, you're talking about avoiding the same boring questions. What would be a good icebreaker besides where are you from? Um, Well, even that, like, even if you want to know where they're from, and I've said this on podcasts before, there's different ways that you can say it, right? So where are you from is like, oh, this again. But if you say something like, um, which part of Italy is your father from, right? You're still going to get that response that you want, but you just got a better way of eliciting that information. You know, you don't have to be right with an assumption, and it, it's pretty fun when you're wrong. Like she'll probably go, "What are you talking about? My dad's not Italian. He, you know, my dad's from Egypt, or something like that. And just by throwing it out there, just gets you that information, and it comes across quite playful. So try and mix it up like that. You might want to say, "Where's your tan from?" Again, it elicits the same sort of information. So my rule. And it was something that I share in this book, <laughs> right? Um, it, well, in my conversation model, modeling chapter, we talk about the use of assumptions. And the assumptions can be great when you're just really accurate, or, and they can be great when you're really ridiculous. You know, It's just a more playful way of um, you know, conversation. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks for the question. It's a good one. Hi, Diego. Everyone follow Diego Korea if you are a lover of interior design or you're looking to have your interior design. This guy is a a master in his art. We had him, um, he's a dear friend of mine, we had him in one of our uh, events. Was it this month or last month? Jesus, the time has gone so quick. It was the end of last month, wasn't it, in March? And uh, put together a fantastic presentation. Really inspired me when I um, I left that. Um, So thanks for jumping on, Diego. Alan, welcome. Any tips for high schoolers? Oh. Um God. Any tips for high schoolers? What can I suggest? It's taken me back. Like I would say like the rules of the playground don't change. Okay as you as you move through your life the rules of the playground do not change i i look at how i behave in my in in society i look at how i behave and and meddle around in certain social groups it's the same way that i behaved on the playground again i talk about that in the book i talk about the rules of the playground and how you can take the model of the playground um which i teach uh into your adult life and what i mean by that to expand on that is that you'll you'll identify with different tribes on the playground, right? You might get, like, the geeky guys that are really into their, uh, I don't know, (laughs) whatever the latest geeky thing is. You'll get the the jocks, the sporty guys. You might get the naughty kids, you know, smoking a cheeky... I I don't know, what's high school? What age is high school? Like, are you smoking weed then? I don't know. But, like... (laughs) You know, you got different tribes, is what I'm saying. And when I, beha- how I was behaving at school when I was younger, I was going around, and I was connecting with each sort of leader from each tribe, and um, you know, effectively built a bigger network on top of with those tribes under, and I was able to leverage that uh, in due time when we became the age of like sort of, you know, that that awkward age where there's nothing really to do. You're too young to go out. Um, so you end up just like getting drunk in fields and stuff like that. I'd actually organised hall parties and and pull everyone together through events and get people that were talented and gifted and DJing at a young age or or in bands and I'd put on an, an a night that would accommodate all of us. And what was interesting about our year group was everyone kind of gelled together um, as a, a cause and effect from those evenings I used to put on. You know they weren't happening all the time, but when they did happen. They were, um, you know, they were great, you know, and it was, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a great way to bond. So if you become someone like that, who is able to connect with all of the different social tribes, and effectively, you know, you become the, the, the kid in the candy shop because if you just isolate yourself to one particular tribe. Then you don't have access to any others. So you limit your opportunities to meet new and interesting people. And obviously, like, I haven't said once here about women yet, but as I always say, you know, meeting women, meeting girls at that age is always the byproduct of how you behave socially. Yeah? So you imagine yourself behaving in that way socially on the playground. That'll be an education for you. And it's something that I did at a very early age, and I didn't really, I wasn't very conscious of it until I started to learn a lot about psychology later on in life and realized that I did that, and then I actually I started teaching club promoters. If the Maddox guys jumped on still, if he's still on. I was actually teaching club promoters the same um, method to keep different crowds coming back to the clubs each week. You, know, you can't rely on one crowd coming to a club every week. You have to have about 10, 15, 20. You know, if you bridge them all in together... Oof, that's a you know that's a power network you've got there, and I've actually um I've already started work on my new book so this one's coming out. I'm doing a new book and it's talking about how you can create a global network. I'm really expanding on that. So this all comes from the behaviour of you know how you conduct yourself on the playground. So look bec- look to become a social leader at an early age and and get accustomed with that, and um these these skills will benefit you for a lifetime. Okay, thanks for asking that question because that really took me back and challenged me on my thoughts. There, I think um, a lot of people will take something from that. Away or not, why people don't talk about God in school? Um, I don't know. This isn't the Jesus channel, bro. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it's not. That's not for me to say. I think people do talk about God in school if you take religious education uh, class, um, but. But hey, this is asking Me Anything. You're right to ask me that. Um, But let's try and steer the conversation more in a sort of social lifestyle development dating um, direction because I'm not a priest or anything like that. So I kind of, there's only so far my religious knowledge is going to go, right? Yes, man. I will start my summer job next week in a restaurant. Any good tips for flirting in the restaurant without me being annoying? Okay. Well, a really easy opener you can do um, when you go to a restaurant is if someone's ordered something nice um, on the table next to you, something really easy you can do is just look over and just go, oh, what did you go for? That looks really nice. You know, You don't have to overthink what to say. A lot of the time, your openers, your icebreakers come from being observant to the environment you're in, okay? So that's something you can do. Another thing you can do, you know, remember a lot of, a lot, of, um, a lot of conversations begin before you've even opened your mouth. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that eye contact is often the first thing that's exchanged. Now, remember, that falls under the category of body language, right? Now, we communicate a much higher percentage uh, with our body language than we do with what comes out of our mouth. So be conscious of this. So if the eye contact things going on, you know, and it's been thrown back and forth like several times throughout the night. that gives you a bit of a foundation to perhaps play on. Something I like to do with with the clients is perhaps find out what they ordered to drink if they're with the girls or whatever and maybe just order another round of what they had call it, call over the waiter and just ask them what they had and tell them to get another round and just say it's from the guys over on the table. But here's what you do because this is where the, this is what when you end up buying a lot of people will tell you don't buy girls drinks and that's you know it depends depends what context you're looking at in <coughs> I just realized I haven't poured myself a tea um, it's okay to order order the drinks if you feel like you've earned it if so if you've got that whole eye contact thing going on, then I feel like there's something going on you know it's a different dynamic so order the drinks, but don't st- sit there, here's the thing, when you see the drinks going to their desk, don't just sit there waiting like, with a silly little smile on your face, like, you know, because that's just, it's naff, yeah, and it's what every guy is, is going to be like, just do it as if it's like a nothing, yeah, order the drinks, they, they look over and just go like, yeah, it's fine, or something like that, and just get back of your conversation, now nine times out of ten, you know those girls are most likely to come over to your table and thank you towards the end of a night. and that one that that one girl out of ten that didn't well that was just a reflection of who, how how they are socially anyway. so you know at least it just cost you a round of drinks rather than several dates to find that out <coughs> So there's some tips. be observant of what someone's eating next to you. just use that as an opener. Um, and maybe if you've got some eye contact thing going on. Oh, another little thing, you could do this as well. You could perhaps, like, get... You could play, like, napkin text messages where you get the napkin and you write, like... Um, for example, you could do the same thing. You could get the napkin and you could write on it, what did you go for, right? Dot, dot, dot. And then give the give that to the, uh, the waiter, like the pen to the waiter and the napkin to the waiter and tell him to go. And just have this whole game going back and forth. So you're literally exchanging messages... Through the pen and the napkin all night and it's, you know it's highly stimulating, it's original, it's unique, uh, and it's going to be an interaction that she remembers. Remember how you behave and how unique you come across is all part of the story in, in terms of how you guys met, right? so use your imagination a little bit with this sort of stuff. all right, thanks for the question, yes, man. <coughs> Hi Diego, don't you think that categorizing uh, polyamorous as mature? Do you think that categorizing polyamorous as mature? Are you diminishing the other options? <coughs> um, well, what other options are there? Um, you know, I just feel like for for someone for someone to for someone to have a successful uh, experience under that modeling or of, of that relationship. Your psychology has to be some somewhat mature, you know, if if you're, if you're going to deal with all of the kind of um, emotional consequences that come into play with that, right? You've got to be thinking with logic as opposed to emotion uh, for, for that to kind of uh, be a successful model in. <coughs> okay, I'm going to avoid the God questions because this isn't the God channel. All right? Um, Madassils, Don welcome. Oh, away or Norway, Bish, wants a shout out. Big shout out to Away or Norway, Bish. <coughs> there you go, buddy. Idea. Hey, Duh, it's Jenny, welcome. I, Anthony, welcome. Oh, why have I done that again? I always do that. All right. Ooh. Who else we got? Raynell. Which dating site would you say are worth spending money on? Um, dating sites, do you spend money I think they all eventually charge in the end, don't they? And there's always all sorts of features that get you certain things. I think that um, if you're traveling, if you're traveling and you're on Tinder, I know I've said in the past Tinder is very saturated, but if you're traveling, it's the probably the most universal dating app that is known around the world. So that paid, and I'm not sure if it's a paid feature, is that, is that a paid feature where it allows you to search in an area you haven't visited yet? Because that's pretty handy, isn't it? If, you, if you're able to do that, and if that's a feature that is a paid feature, that's really cool, because if you're going somewhere, say, I don't know, you're going to, you're going to Spain, you're going to Ibiza, right? And then maybe you want to put your search in Ibiza before you land there. Right, so you can get the matches going on. So that's that's a pretty cool thing that that um, app uh, features. Another thing I would say is inner circle. I think inner circle is probably the best one, to be my my personal opinion on that. My clients use it, and you can jump straight into a conversation straight away. You don't have to match. Okay, so that's pretty good. I I can't remember how much it is. I think it's like maybe 20 pounds or 20 euros or whatever a month. But again, it filters out the time wasters. Okay. Um, what other ones are there at the moment? I can't think of any other ones that you'd pay for. Obviously, there's Match, I think. Is that a paid one? I think that would be for more of a... It depends on your age as well. So I'd say that m- Match. I would say... Um, <coughs> I'd say... Um, inner circle, that one you have to be invited to, okay, uh, Richard Prince, welcome, I guess the Vito, I just recently went on a date and got asked if I have cheated, so how would you answer that type of question, because I did, <laughs> oh shit, well, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta come clean, son, I mean, you know this this is if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, you know you gotta realize it's gonna be causing you more anxiety than anything, just keeping that into yourself rather than sharing it so um here's the deal: you wouldn't have gone on the date if if there weren't any problems inside the relationship, so you gotta i think ask yourself this. Why did you feel the need to go on a date, or why did you feel the need to cheat on um your partner in the first place? What are you getting outside of the re- relationship that you weren't getting inside? And what 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 is to take from this is to understand that communication is vital. I know we talk about communication a lot within relationships, but it's very vague how the advice is given. The way that communication is beneficial in a relationship and the way that we need to be looking at it is we need to be communicating more uh, in regards to what we normally attach shame and consequence to. Right? Normally we don't share certain things in a relationship because we fear the consequence of sharing that thing. right? We're worried about a backlash or um, you know, a horrible argument. But look, look at what's happening the fact that you don't share certain things in a relationship moves you in a direction of going to do those things uh, and, and fill them outside, right? So I would say that, you know, you really need to look at it. I don't think it is a moment of lust. You know, you just saw, you know, you were out on a night out and you saw, a. you know, if you were content within your relationship, you would have been disciplined enough to go, Nah, I'm not about that. Like, I'm just, I'm done with that sort of behavior. You know what I mean? So, I think that women are incredibly intuitive. You can hide something uh, to your best abilities, but the most honest and sincere thing to do is put it on the table. Yeah, or like I could say, ask yourself, why did I do it? Perhaps this relationship isn't even for me anyway if I'm behaving in, in, in such ways, you know. Or go and join our friend earlier that asked the um the polyamorous uh, question and and <laughs> head on to a, a polyamorous meetup. Maybe maybe that relationship model is a bit more uh, <laughs> fitting for your, your headspace. <laughs> All right, buddy. Cheers for the question. All right, Alan. All right, Benny. Uh, who we got ours? A Medazis. I love a girl who has a lot of man friends. It is a habit to her. Can I, when I become with her, can I change her behavior? So you're insecure about her having male friends. Well, why, again, it's about, like, why do you feel insecure about her having male friends? You know? Does she feel insecure about you having female friends? Does she is it a reflection of something that you don't have? Is it because you don't have abundance of you know, women in your life? Or, or you know, or, you know, um, if there's anything that you're uncomfortable with in a relationship, you have to discuss that because things aren't going to get better without communicating, right? I think it's okay for you guys to have... Male and female friends, but there needs to be perhaps some boundaries. If you feel uncomfortable that she's out all night with male friends, then talk about that. Say, look, I'm I'm not to say who, who should be your friends, but what I'll but what makes me more comfortable is knowing who you're out with, right, or being introduced to these people, right. So um. Yeah, I think it's more about the girl. If you don't if you don't trust her, then it's more about um you gotta ask yourself why. Why don't you trust her? You know? <coughs> Hi Pablo. I will. Welcome back. Right. Yes, man. Yes, there's a company of four girls and you like one of them. How how do you how do you flirt the one you with the one you like? Okay. If there's a group of four girls. First of all, everyone gets eye contact. Okay. If you look at people that do public speaking or address big audiences, you know you look you watch their eyes and you look how they watch how they address the, them. They that side of the room gets addressed, the center of the room gets addressed, and the right side of the room gets addressed. Right. If only the right side of the room was addressed, and I was just talking to them like this, then the center and the left wouldn't feel included, right? So therefore, you run a big risk of losing the attention of that side of the room or that group, right? So that's the first thing you need to consider. You need to consider eye contact. Everyone needs to be included. If someone doesn't feel included for a minute, then you're potentially going to lose the whole interaction, right? You've also got to factor in that you're always going to get um, someone in the group that likes the sound of their own voice, Okay. So they might, they might just say something a bit like socially uncalibrated, right? They might go, why are you talking to us? Or are you gay? Or just something a bit odd, right? Remember this, that's not the, the group spokesperson, right? In actual fact, the other girls might be really annoyed that that girl has opened her mouth and said something silly again because the other, there might be a, a girl in that group that actually likes you and she's probably liked a lot of guys that have maybe approached... The group in the past but it's always that girl in the group or guy you know that just has to pipe up and say something because he just he takes that he just wants to feel significant in that moment so you're never really going to be able to stop that from happening so something to factor in is just how to deal with if someone's like that right if Someone pipes up and goes, are oh, you gay He's going all right well look Jesus, we'll get to you in a minute, right? Just have a response, yeah? Like, just be in the moment, be a bit playful, have a response. And then move it on to about them, yeah? Use a group icebreaker. So I would say something like, you know, what are you guys celebrating tonight? If they're all drinking champagne or drinking cocktails, perhaps they're celebrating. Again, what is it? It's an assumption, yeah? You're assuming that they're celebrating something. Or which one's the birthday girl? Again, you're assuming they're celebrating Chances are, if it's a big group of girls out together, they may well be celebrating, so you might be well bang on the money, right? So then you want to kind of like build a bit of comfort, build a bit of rapport, and then you've got to work out which one it is that you like. Maybe you want to give that one a bit more eye contact um, than the rest, or you might want to play it the other way. You might want to completely not give her so much eye contact to to play on that kind of mysterious sort of under-the-radar card. But then you need to think about the bridge, the transition, right? So you might go, I didn't get your name. And then you just put out your hand, right? So say you've got like four of them here. You put out your hand, and then you just twist around, right? So then you've got her like isolated away from the group. And then just, so what's your story? Or you might just go like this. You might go, girls, look, do do you mind if I borrow your friend for a minute? Right? That's a really great one. Get in the approval from the friends, get in the permission from the friends, as opposed to just like beeline for the one you want. Because <coughs> if you just beeline for the one you want without giving the others attention, then they're not gonna be working with you, they're gonna be working against you. Right? Another thing as well, if it's like one girl that's obviously evidently more physically attractive than the others then her friends are probably used to her being hit on all the time. And again, if you go and hit on her again, just give her all the attention and not the others, it's just a reminder of that. And it's just really uncomfortable and it's not very socially intuitive. So try to incorporate everyone in the interaction, everyone in the group. All right? Hope that's helped. Cheers. Good question. Are there any good books you are currently reading? Yeah, I've just got this one here, buddy. It's called Elite Seduction, right? Let me get some. And it's coming out on Friday. It's going to be on Amazon. You can get it on um, paperback. So head on over to Amazon Friday. This is going to be the book, buddy. All right, brand new. Okay. Uh, my, my book is deep, right? My book is... Um, Let's say, when, it, when is it out? It's, it's this Friday. It goes into a lot of heavy mindset stuff. We want to shift a lot of um, probably some, some perspectives, some thoughts that you had on socializing and dating. And I want to kind of put some new concepts in there. It's 10 chapters. It's 10 tools. And it's 10 case studies and 10 stories, okay, all to back up. Each chapter to back up the point. You know, I want to remove unwanted faults. I want to install confidence, self-belief. I want you to get. I want you to become great socially. I'm going to be sharing how I conquered each bit as we move through the book. And it's just something that needs to be on your bookshelf, but not one of those books that just stays and collects dust on your bookshelf. All right, this is something I want you to move through and and take notes right whether you whether you're looking to seduce you know pl- play around with your attraction skills build confidence that way whether you want to find love you know you want to find a long term girlfriend you want to allow yourself to connect with yourself more emotionally it's great for that and yeah just get in the habit of dating the sort of people you want to date rather than date people that just kind of fall in your lap right so you want to Become the person that chooses as opposed to being the person that is just chosen, right? Hi, Caesar. Thanks for jumping on. Caesar's one of my mentorship clients. Uh, hi, Errol. Thanks for joining. Pablo, how can you create comfort? Okay, you can create comfort by being a great listener, right? Being an active listener. You know, when you're sharing information with someone, you're either like actively listening, you're listening to every word that they say, or your mind just drifts off, you know? like So one's passive listening and one's um, active listening. So creating comfort is, first of all, about being a good listener, because people's favorite subject is themselves, right? People like to share about themselves, share information about themselves. So in order to get to that, you've got to be a good listener, and you've got to be able to relate to what someone's saying, right? You've also got to Be curious about people. A very, very key thing there is you've got to be curious. You've got to start giving a shit about people, right? Not what you can get out of someone or not the outcome that you have in your mind of what you want from someone, okay? And I've got a whole chapter on that in my book and it's called How to Start Giving a Shit, right? Isn't it sad? (laughs) Isn't it sad that I feel that I have to have a chapter in my book to help guys learn how to give a shit? It is, it is, but we're we're bad. We've been conditioned in a way to be very transactional, you know, to go out there and get the pussy and all this kind of stuff, right? You're not gonna get the pussy uh, with that sort of mindset, you know. I know because I used to have that mindset when I was younger, like, (laughs) and I always went home alone, right? But when I started caring about meeting fun and interesting people, that's when the fruitful things came my way. Yeah. So start giving a shit about who you're meeting. Start realizing that everyone has a story, right? What does the, what was the last 10 years of that person's life? You know, think about the last 10, last decade of your life, what happened then, right? The person you're speaking to may have several decades behind them. What did they learn? What do they learn? Right? When was the last time they did something new for the first time? You know? Really start to sort of move people's minds in a way that stimulates them and gets them thinking about their story, thinking about certain things that they've never really thought about before, right? And that's how you're going to build unimaginable levels of comfort with people, all right? And once you've got that, then that makes someone feel a bit more comfortable with the next stage, you know. We can talk more about that uh, if someone raises that question, but let me save my breath because <laughs> i I realize I am losing my voice a bit. Um so I hope that's that's a great question, Pablo. Thanks for answering that. Hi, James Ward. Hi, Rummel Fran. Hi Lou Jane Tamavi. Caesar, uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Hank Russell, welcome back, sir. Pablo, sometimes I observe more of body language and voice tonality than words being spoken. That's good. That's good. Um, and I feel, oh, that's a great, that's kind of made me realize something that I haven't shared yet with you guys as well is, you know, if you're talking really quickly, and admittedly, I'm talking really quickly right now because we're on a time sensitive situation where I'm trying to cram in as much info within an hour. But if you speak slowly, then it's you know it's quite more it seems somewhat more comforting, and the person that's speaking like this seems a lot more in control, and also as well, that's quite hypnotic, isn't it? you know, and again, what am I pulling this from? I'm pulling this from people that are leaders, people that speak on big stages, right people that command attention from big audiences, right? There's a reason why they do it. It's the pace, it's the tonality, it's the language that they choose to use, right? I call it hypnosis. You can argue with with me on that, but hypnosis is around us all the time. Hypnosis is simply the, the art of changing someone's state, yeah? But everyone... A lot of people recognize hypnosis to be um you know, something that a great showman does on stage. Sure, there are elements of hypnosis on that, but a lot of that is just showmanship. Hypnosis is uh, you know, the ability to change someone's state. So I did that just now. You know, we're talking like this as one state, and when I slow it down and I speak like that, then right now I've introduced hypnosis. Right. So that's a great way to uh, bring more comfort in, okay? Uh, hi, Tava. Welcome. I'm a little bit jealous. Okay, if you're jealous, <coughs> work out what it is you're jealous about and flip it. Again, I feel like I share this story every time I do a live um, show, so I want to come up with a different story, really, I'm, I'm for Those that are listening again, I always talk about when I, you know, I see someone that's better dressed than me who used to be like this, and um, you know, used to be jealous of that, right? And how I flipped it was to go over to that guy and tell him how amazing he looked, right? So, what is it? Who, if, if you're, I believe you're the same guy that's talking about, um, you know, your, your partner having a lot of male friends, right? Now, Notice how you behave in that moment and think about what would be the opposite What would be the opposite yeah? how, how, What would be the opposite of this behaviour that you're experiencing And move yourself into that direction right? That is so much more of a healthier direction to go Rather than sit there and you know, just roll around in this uncomfortable feeling you know, It's not productive <laughs> it's negative, and I'll tell you if you can remove jealousy from your system. Whoa, man! You, you can you can up a, open up a whole new world, really. I mean, I I, I just I think this. Let's the simplify it, right? Whenever you whenever you feel that feeling that you've chose to call jealousy, relabel that feeling. I want you to relabel that feeling as validate. So when that feeling comes in, you see something that you're jealous of, right? Just flip it and go, can, in this moment, can I validate someone, right? Normally, normally we experience jealousy when someone's doing better than us, right? They've achieved something better than us or, you know, your neighbor's got a faster car than you or whatever. You know, you look at them and you think, oh, prick, what a tosser. <laughs> you know, why is he a tosser? Because he wanted to re- reward himself with a nice car. I think it's your, you're the guy that's got the problems, man. It's a you problem. It's not a he, him, his problem, is it? So the opposite thing in that scenario would be to go out and go, oh, man, buddy, congratulations. Like, this, this looks fucking awesome. Like you look great in this car Like do something which you know is right You know it is a nice car So go out and tell him it's a nice car If a guy looks good go out and tell him he looks good If a guy's out there and he's standing with four girls go wow Jesus tell me how you do it You know You're the McDaddy Like don't sit there and, and, and just experience The jealous syndrome Right that's not productive <coughs> I am, I am Jonah. Hi Ben welcome back I shapeshift and art. Hi Neil. Hey Neil, my buddy from New York. Hope you're great, buddy. Hope you're well. Hope you're getting the copy of my book. <laughs> I want to see that around New York. I want to see that posted, brother. <laughs> Hi Gilbert. And Jordan Peson said that women love the man who has an authority on her. If it is true, how can we be how can we be gentle and equal with the girl? <clears throat> I think women look, women like a man that has got his shit together, right? A man that is able to plan. There's nothing worse than a man that can't plan. A man that can't book the restaurant or you know just just lead, you know. Look at your language. How do you speak? Are you a man that has is uncertain about himself? Are you a man, a man that, in his vocabulary, it quite often contains the words, the words maybe, or can I? You know, I, I put a post up on my Instagram timeline and it, and it said something like, you know, she doesn't want to, you know, she doesn't want to give her number to the can I guy, can I have your number? No, you know, the leader. Right, that the man, the attractive man, you know, he gets the number in such a way that is, of class, is of elegance, or it's through, through, it's through, it's through language of leadership, right? Because it's given a subtle hints to how you are in the rest of your life, and that's attractive, right? So don't, don't be passive. <coughs> uh, all right, I hope I answered your question. I told my family one day I start working, I want to move to Norway because I can make more money there, much more than Denmark. I just, I just got off the... Uh, I just been messaging a friend actually today that's moved to Denmark, in Copenhagen. and um, They keep telling me, life is not all about money. What do you think? Uh, money certainly helps with what you want to do in life. So, you, look, your parents obviously want the best for you, right? And um, your parents... Um, want you to be safe. I think that's their priority, you know. And and they want you to be be happy. I think that's right up there on their priorities. They want to see you happy, right? So if if making a sacrifice of moving somewhere to make more money for a bigger win later on in life is a sacrifice that you're going to make, then all for you, you know. A lot of things A lot of times, it's the people. That we don't expect are actually holding us back. You know, that can be our family, it can be our mothers and our fathers, you know. Can you believe that? You know, we but it, but it is, because they want the best of you, they want you to be safe, right? But a lot of times being so safe, staying in the nest, isn't productive, you know? You need to pole up your ass. Maybe you need to you know you, you need to, you need to have more outgoings so it gives you that pole up your ass to go and earn more money. You know what I mean? I've I've got a friend that still lives. You know, thirty years old. He still lives at home, and I know that's quite common because that you know um, in the era that we grown up in, with the difficulty in getting mortgages and stuff like that. But you know, a few years ago, he was telling me he was he was you know he earned like fifteen grand, you know. And I said to him, "Buddy, I was like, look, I'm gonna pay you fifteen grand to tell me how you lived off fifteen grand for the year, right?" So why he only earned 15 grand is because he didn't have to pay any bills really he was still living at uh, you know his mum and dad's you know paying next to nothing rent and that's great for a period you know that's great for a period because that allows you to save money and build and put that money into some sort of investment or some vehicle that's giving you income or a project but if you ain't setting goals right then your only goal really is to pay the rent, right? And if you're still living at home, <laughs> that rent probably ain't much. So your goals are like, you know, next to nothing. You gotta be setting goals, man. You'll be setting goals to bring that money in and you gotta make the sacrifices to get it, right? Money's money's real talk, man. money money, money isn't everything. Money, money gets you the things that you want. Money gives you the lifestyle. It's a conversation that we need to have more about. All right. God, I'm I'm literally 2 minutes. So I'm going to try and I'm, I'm going to try and fire through any more questions. Why when you are being so nice to girls, she automatically friend zones you? Because you because you're not instating your intent, buddy. You're not you're not communicating to her that you're a guy that wants to have an intimate relationship with her. Uh, so she only saw you as a friend. You put yourself in the friend zone, all right? Um, Saturday, is there? All, right. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for joining. Um Sorry if I haven't answered your question. I've tried to get a few, a, a lot of them. Just a quick plug, guys. Listen, 27th of April, Impactful Connections Workshop in London. Meet me in person. Meet me, in the t- meet me and the team. <clears throat> Take you out in the streets, coffees in the uh, London's hottest bars and clubs and meet and speak to real people with the stuff that you will learn in this book. My book comes out on this Friday. Right? Get yourself a copy of this. This has been two years in the making. Well, not two years in the making, a whole decade in the making, really. Um, two years of me uh, finalizing everything on this, okay? So get that on your bookshelf. If you don't need it, get it for a friend um, because more and more people need help out there, man. Men are becoming confused. And I think this is the, the modern day guide for helping people out in this area. All right, guys, thank you again. Without you, I can't put on the show every Tuesday. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for the questions. And I'll see you same time next week. If you enjoyed the content, follow me on Instagram at London Dating Coach.